Welcome to the sermon podcast of First Alliance Church in Lexington, Kentucky. The sermon you're about to hear, When He Saw Their Faith, was preached by our lead pastor, Paul Smith, on Luke chapter 5, verses 17 to 27. It was recorded on February 11th, 2024, and is part of our series, True Security. And once again, great to see you. Um, just for a reminder, is tomorrow night we have vertical from 6.45 to 7.45. That's what I lead in the life of our church happening right here. Anyone's invited. And um, because we just believe that when a church prays, God moves. And um, so we want to continue to be praying about that. We were looking at healing. What does God have for us? And so there and be praying about that. So that's from 6.45 to 7.45. Continue to um, keep us in your prayers as a congregation. Also, once again, drawing your attention to grief share. Um, That's in the back if you're interested in that. 24-hour prayer starts tomorrow. You want to go to our website and sign up for that. Um, We're part of a Uh, 28 churches that are part of covering our city in prayer. So our city is being constantly prayed for by the churches in Lexington, and we are just part of that. And tomorrow is our 24-hour slot, which is which is just a real blessing. And so take note of those those aspects. But once again, I just want to draw your attention to if you've never followed the Lord in believers' baptism, and maybe you weren't here when I said this um, at the beginning, and you feel God calling you to do that. Um, today, and we have everything ready for you. During when I pray or even during the, the message, feel free to slip out. We've got shirts, we've got towels, um, we've got clothes, everything, and there'll be an individual that will have a conversation with you, Kendall or Virginia, one of these bright shirts, and we will celebrate, but take that step of courage. You don't want to put it off. This is an unrepeatable moment if God's uh, called, made that calling on your life this morning. Okay, let me pray, and then we will get into the, the text this morning, but um, yeah, I'm glad that you're here. So let, let me pray and we'll, we'll, we'll start. So. Jesus, we celebrate and we confess our great need. We also come with faith in your great supply and may the daily work of Jesus by his spirit be known in the hearts of your people this morning. Would you pray for yourself that you would receive what Jesus wants you to receive? Would you pray for me that I would only communicate that which the spirit desires for me to communicate? And Jesus, would you work in spite of the many faults and failings of your servant? For you know they are many. And Holy Spirit, teach us what we do not know. Christ, heal in us the wounds that we have that no one sees. And Father, produce in us that which we cannot produce in ourselves, which is the character and the nature of your Son, Jesus Christ, and the church said together, amen. Well, if you have a copy of the scriptures, go to Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5 will be in, be in verses 17 through 26. And I don't know if First Alliance is your home church, but make sure you have a church that teaches and preaches the scriptures faithfully. You can use your phone, iPad, however you want to do it. We have a vision of a church and a hope as a church is reaching as many people as possible without ever sacrificing biblical muscle. So Luke chapter 5, verses 17 through 26. And we're going to pause our series, our preaching series called True Security. 
We're going to pick that up next week um, because I need to have a, just a message for us, the people of First Alliance. And if you're visiting, this is a great w- um, week to be here to let a little bit uh, have a kind of insight to our situation, our heartbeat and our passion and what we believe that God's asking us, uh, the steps that we believe God's asking us to take. And it's regarding our space issues. Uh, we have space issues as a church. More than one week I've, after Sunday, I've heard about an issue, or I've heard about a story that somebody came in and couldn't find a seat here, or had to go downstairs, and or had to go that, and go downstairs is great, or I found a, a story of somebody who came in and looked for a parking spot, there wasn't any parking spots, and they left, they had to leave. Um, and one time it was good because they came in, they couldn't find a spot, and they said, well, it must be a good church, we'll come back next week, and... Um, but those kind of, those break my heart, and I hope that they break your heart too. And we've got some serious challenges regarding um, our space issues. And I've been praying to the Lord, God, do you have something for us? I said, is there a biblical passage that we can hold on to, that you can say, these are the shoes I want you to walk in. These, this is the faith I want you to exhibit at this time. This is an example that collectively you can hold on to. This is what I'm calling you to in this world. And maybe you're not part of First Alliance this morning, but I believe that this will be a huge benefit to you as it'll kind of show what it means to be part of God's work in the world. Well, I believe that there is a text, and this text is Luke chapter 5, verses 17 through 26. Let me read it. It says this, One day when he was teaching meaning Jesus, Pharisees and the teachers of the law who had come from every village of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem were sitting there. And the power of the Lord was present on him, Jesus, to heal the sick. Some men carrying a paralytic on a mat tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus, but they could not find a way in because there was no parking. (laughs) Therefore, they went up to the roof And lowered him on his mat through the tiles in the middle of the crowd, right in front of Jesus. And when he, Jesus, saw their faith, he said, friends, your sins are forgiven. And the Pharisees and the teachers of the law began thinking to them, who is this fellow? And I'm shocking that they referred to Jesus as fellow. They sound British. Who's this fellow Um, who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? And that's the point. Jesus is God, and he is the means of forgiveness of sins. And Jesus knew that they were what they were thinking and asked, why are, why are you thinking these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say your sins are forgiven or to say get up and walk, but that you may know that the Son of Man, meaning Jesus, has the authority on earth to forgive sins and the ability to forgive sins. He said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, Get up, take up your mat, and go home. And immediately he stood up in front of them, took what he had been lying on, and went home praising God. And everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. And they were filled with awe and said, Today we have seen remarkable things. Now the centrality of that text is Jesus is the means of forgiveness of sins. He forgives sins. That's the main point. And when he was on the cross, he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And when he was resurrected on the third day, it was a statement from God. My son is sufficient for the forgiveness of sins. For that reason, we always proclaim Jesus. That's the centrality of this text. 
But there's some other aspects of this text that are hugely valuable. First of all, I believe it speaks to the current cultural moment very well. This man is laid before Jesus seeking healing, and he receives forgiveness of sins. I've met so many people who say, I am so broken. I need a healer. And I've talked to unbelievers in Jesus who understand that. Their lives are broken. Their souls are broken. Their relationships are broken. And I say, I know one who can heal it. His name is Jesus. And in seeking healing, they find the the nature of the true problem. It's sin, and they receive a savior. It speaks to this moment. But there's another aspect that's hugely valuable, and it speaks to us. It says, when he saw their faith. Now, when it comes to faith, we often think, this is my faith articulated. This is my faith sung. But to them, this was their faith demonstrated. And it moved the heart and the hand and the power of God. Was it, what is it about their faith that Jesus said, yeah, that moves me? Well, I believe it's something that Jesus, when he sees them, he sees the embodiment, the very embodiment, embodiment of his own ministry on this world. And in doing so, he says, would you be the very embodiment of my ministry on this world? You see, if you just take this text at face value, at face value, what is the faith demonstrated by these friends? It's this, together, overcoming obstacles and limitations in order to bring others to meet Jesus. These individuals overcome obstacles, the roof. They overcome the limitations, the crowd, the the whole place is way too small. They overcome all of that for the purpose of allowing others to meet Jesus. This is the faith that was demonstrated, and this could be the faith that we are called to also. Now, let me ask you a question. Why is there a problem? What's the problem here? Well, there's not enough space, but why is there a problem? Well, Jesus has shown up. Jesus has shown up, and when Jesus shows up, he causes the problem. It's a great crowd, a huge crowd. You know, no, the crowds never really showed up for just the teachings of the law. This is what I want you to know. Know this. Going forward, it is all about Jesus, because no one is ripping the roof off of anything for a religious machine. The religious machine is dry and cold and filled with shame. Jesus is life and life giving. And it moves our hearts to go beyond that which is normal because he is life. And I want all to know him. What's the difference between a religious machine and bringing people to Jesus? Well, think about it. Machines produce things. And when you're caught up in a religious machine, things are produced and you say, that's exactly the way I thought it would be. But when Jesus bears fruit, you stand back and go, wow, that's greater than I could ever imagine. And it takes your breath away. They thought they were just getting healing, but his sins, his deepest need is forgiven. You see, religious fruit is much like a child being born to two parents. It's, it's, it comes into this world, and it's like, this is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. I'll never be the same. 
and everything in it is already is life-giving to the world. May we be about religious, sorry, not about religious machine, and all about seeking the face of Jesus and fruits being known in our lives. If you've lost Jesus in going to church, out of love, I say, please go find him. In times of quiet, in times of honesty, in times of alone, in times of vulnerability, let him wash your spiritual feet and know his love on your life. That's the first thing. It's all about Jesus. But what are some things that these individuals do that God might be calling us to as a church? The first one is grit. Grit. They didn't give up in the face of an obstacle. They didn't give up even when it was hard. And there's times when God calls a Christian and calls a church, you've got to give, have grit. You can't give up. I'm moving and I'm using you to be part of it. Don't give up. Stay at it. And the reason I say this is I want you to know that whenever is Jesus is part of a church in a powerful way, there will always be space issues. There always will be space issues. And do we want Jesus here in a powerful way. There's no other way that we want him here. And if Jesus shows up, people will show up and we'll always have space issues. So we've got to stay at it. Don't think that there's some magical decision or one moment of decision where all the space problems will stop. It won't. I saw this when I was in Idaho when I pastored there for almost 20 years. And we had a congregation of about 450, no, 450 um, in a facility that sat about 150 people about like that much. We had three services, 23 parking spots and no air conditioning in half of the building. We had this for seven years. God moved in a powerful way. We built a brand new facility. It was quadruple bapple, bigger than our other one. That's a word. It was, I mean, I'm like, this is it. No more space problems. The Jesus that was in our old building came to the new building within two and a half months. We had three services once again and no parking. (laughs) And they still have those issues today. Exactly. When Jesus shows up in a community, there's going to be grit called forth. You've got to stay at it. Oh, it's so worth it, though. So what's another thing? Creativity. Think about these individuals. They're like, okay, we can't go there. We can't go there. We can't go there. The roof, that's it. And if all we knew about God was Genesis chapter 1, he's creative. In the beginning, God created that he provided and he created the heavens and the earth. Why would he, why does he still create? Why does he give creativity to his children? He created the heavens and the earth. He gives creativity. So two things, mankind and God can come together and know each other in love. You know, I'm asking the Lord, Lord, you've got to give us creativity on these space problems. You've got to give us answers. Let us see that which you see. Let us see opportunities that we don't see now. I have asked the teams of people. I said, I want as many smaller worshiping venues in this facility on Sunday morning as possible. Turn every space that can be worshiped in into a place that can be worshiped in. Um, I've also said the gym Let's use the gym better on Sunday morning. Let's warm that baby up. Let's fix that baby up. Put new clothes on it. If we want to be worshipped there, let's worship there. 
And I said, okay, we've got to handle our parking problems. That's a big task, but we've got to handle those. Would you be praying about, God, are there creative solutions that we don't see? Creativity, and the other one is courage. The other one is courage. I mean, think about it. I mean, they, they risk their own bodies. They go up on a roof. They could fall off of a roof. I've fallen off a roof. I know it happens. They risk socially. I mean, they stepped out of the norm. It takes huge courage to do what they did. It'll take courage from us. Um, courage from us will be as following. You see an individual in the lobby who's by themselves. They're new. This strikes a chord of fear in you. But you say, I'm going to go talk to them. And you go up and introduce yourself. And you talk to them. Or also, you know that the two seats next to you are open. And you don't like unknown people in your personal space. But you say, hey, these are open. And in doing so, stepping out in courage, you make a friend. Courage. Um, God might be asking you to take a step to help out in the ministry, to help out in the parking team, to help out because God's moving. And when he saw their faith. Other one is teamwork. These gentlemen work together, not shift work. They had to come together because something bigger was important than their own personal needs. Something bigger was important. And that was bringing an individual's life to Jesus. You see, one of these things as um, there was a cause that led them not to just be about consumption, but about contributing to what God is doing. And God has given you gifts and abilities and he's given you uh, skills. And when you invest those in what God's doing here, who knows what God can do? We're the body. We're interconnected. We're not an audience. He needs each one of us to be a part of it. And this is where I think this next one is where I think these four individuals' lives, these friends, and Jesus' life connect. And it's this one, perseverance. Perseverance. You see, the author, Luke, assumes that you know this. Imagine somebody getting up on your house and beginning to rip the roof off. You wouldn't just sit idly by. I'm sure the owner of the house had to be like, what are you doing? Picked up stones, probably. Gather his friends to pick up stones. I'm sure the ones who organized this event are extremely upset Because this was not in the agenda, not on the program, and started yelling at these friends. We will have to persevere in difficult, hard situations that might elicit anger from others. I saw this the other day. I was at the gym. Yeah, I do go to the gym. I'm sure you're shocked based on how I look. And so, um, and um, this guy comes up to me. He's like, hey, 11 o'clock. Trying to get to Ramsey's. Couldn't do it. You got to fix your parking, bud. I'm like, man, I'm trying to do push-ups. Can you just like, and I'm like, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm praying. Would you pray with me? Uh Uh-uh. I mean, he let me have it. God's working and his fries are cold. I'm sorry. You know what? But we've had to make tough decisions and it hasn't sat well. 
The worship team has to like ride a shuttle from Chick-fil-A at 6 a.m. when it's like minus two in a shuttle that has no air conditioning. I'm sorry. We need every parking spot. And I can't promise that every decision that I make because of is going to this land well, but we've got to persevere even when it's difficult. But why would we do that? Because here's the next one, love. These individuals had to love this paralytic man, had to love somebody that more than likely the cultural found is unlovable. And I believe that this is where the faith of the friends in Jesus's life connects. As these friends are experiencing the yelling and the anger and possibly stones thrown by the crowd, as one who is sick is being lowered, I wonder if his life, all of a sudden his imagination begins to think of a time where a crowd will be angry once more, yelling, not because one who is sinful is lowered, but because one who is innocent will be raised and will be the source of forgiveness and life for all people. And he says, I see you persevering in love, even in the face of anger. And I will one day do the same for all. And the question will be, is, will we also? When it's hard, when it's difficult, but because we know his love and we want others to also. Is it worth it? Is it worth it? Well, you see at the beginning of this text, they were all sitting, listening to Jesus. And at the end of this text, there is a grand celebration. Everybody is praising God. Everybody is rejoicing. Everybody is rejoicing because God has moved. Um... Can I tell you something? It's very easy as a church to be content with experiencing and hearing really good teaching. I love really good teaching. I think I have the teaching gift. The jury's still out, but I think I do. I love it. But teaching, hearing it is not the end. It's the means to an end. Jesus even said, you come to the scriptures, but you refuse to come to me for life. I pray we have fantastic teaching here, but I also pray that we have grand, great celebrations and demonstrations of God amongst his people. Look what God did. God changing lives. God changing futures. God changing souls. God changing power amongst us. In less than the la- in just less than 24 hours, um, yesterday afternoon, I had a Zoom call with an individual who was telling me about how they fully expected the doctors to tell her about the cancer that had come back in her body. But when the report came back, they said, we can't explain this. The cancer is gone. And we are very pro-medicine, very pro-medicine, but we want to give our needs to Jesus. Um, Last night, I went to a celebration where an individual said, I need to tell you about how God granted me forgiveness of an individual who my heart had grown so cold to. And because God had moved, I'm now free. 
and I wake up this morning and I get a text, oh, by the way, another UK student just gave their lives to Christ. Story after story after story, I pray that we celebrate God and his power among us. When he saw their faith, when he saw their faith, what if it's you were born for this time at this moment to be like the friends of Luke 5, um, together, overcoming obstacles and limitations, to celebrate allowing others to come to Jesus. What part will you play? This life is so short. May we invest it well in his purposes. And once again, just reminding, maybe you've not received, you've not received Jesus. We would love to pray with you after the service. We'd love to pray with you about anything after the service at this altar. If you've not been baptized, you can go to the back. We'd love to have, you know, um, just kind of talk to you about following in believers' baptism. But let me pray, and um, uh, the worship team will come, we'll sing, and then um, I'll come back and give us more direction. So Jesus, we treasure you, and thank you for how you've rescued us. We glorify you. We treasure you. I pray that we surrender for your fame and your work in the world. And the church said together, amen. Let's stand together. Thanks for listening. Here at First Alliance Church, our mission is to passionately pursue God, extend life-changing hope, and disciple people to be spirit-empowered followers of Jesus. To learn more about our church or to hear other sermons like this one, visit us at facelex.com.